Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the Mellow Compass podcast. We are the podcast that aims to educate our listeners on the variety of opportunities available in the music industry by really getting beneath what job titles actually mean. This week, we have Sophie Doherty from DICE on the podcast. Sophie currently leads DICE's music partnerships in the UK. We dive into what exactly that entails, as well as discussing leadership, the value of doing an MBA and the amazing work that DICE is doing in the arena of diversity and inclusion. Sophie, welcome to the Mellow Compass podcast. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. We are so excited to have you on board to share your story, share your experience with all of our listeners. So thank you for your time. No problem. Okay, so you are in the live music space. And one thing that is so clear from everything that you do is that you love live music. So what was it about this sector that you thought, I have to work in? Did you know the jobs that were available to, to you, um, given that you, you love this space so much? Now I do, but looking back, not at all. And I think it comes from what, like how I grew up. So my parents were really into going to gigs. I went to my first music festival when I was two months old. It was the Cambridge Folk Festival. And obviously, I don't remember too much, clearly sleeping my way through it. But we would go every year to different festivals. Um, My dad plays in an Irish folk band. And so we'd be at all these different folk festivals. And then when I was looking at what to do, you know, you get to that kind of 13 at school being like, what do you want to do in your career? I went through a stage of being like, I want to be... Um, a marine biologist because at that stage you know everyone really liked dolphins for some reason and I was like that would be a great career choice which was would have been absolutely terrible because I'm really bad on boats I get really seasick so I'm very glad that wasn't my career choice and I started looking more at other kind of areas and I loved music and I performed and I played piano but as I got a bit older I realized I really hated performing and being on stage and then I think a career guidance counselor was like, well, why don't you look at like other things in music that you could do? 
And then that led me to studying at Lippa and doing my degree at Lippa, which was arts, music, entertainment management. And then I think I just naturally fell into live because I was so used to it from just going to gigs a lot with my dad, which sounds really uncool, but it was really fun. And <laughs> yeah. And just being around music the whole time, there'd always be like music playing or jams happening. And um, yeah, and then went to Lipper and absolutely loved it and then moved to South Africa after that. Amazing. Okay, so when you were at Lipper in that course, was there, was it predominantly performance or um, did you have quite a lot of the business side of music in there as well? So you were able to actually learn the ins and outs of you know the business behind the music yeah my course specifically was um the business of music so they had a acting degree dance degree uh music degree so pretty much they say it's like a fame school so it kind of was and then you'd have the business students that would trail in probably hung over from a gig go up to the fifth floor and then talk about business I think I mean that was a long long time ago I'm not going to show my age but um maybe a lot of the stuff I learned doesn't really apply now because it was way before, you know, as MySpace was starting even. But I think what was really good is the network there and what people are doing now in, in different spaces and just being able to kind of have experience doing certain things. Like you could have the option to do projects like a radio show. I got to do a, a tour around Spain with some of the musicians and get a bit of experience in the industry, but it, it wasn't so formal, like you could learn from it and meet people at the same time. Yeah, so there's a lot of like networking that comes into that and you were constantly kind of encouraged to be out there working with artists and also being with your peers um, and learning from them as well. Yes. Got it, okay. So you moved to South Africa after you went to uni um, also, what an amazing thing to do. I feel a lot of my friends after studying at Lipper all moved to London. And that was the plan. And I went for a holiday, a three-month holiday after university to just have a break, see some family out there, and then ended up managing an eight-piece ska band. That's so cool. Really, really fun. And we did lots of gigs and and then eventually worked for a label for a bit and then fell into working for the biggest promoter out there and I should have maybe come back but also I was really I was really enjoying it I really liked the scene out there I thought it was really applying the degree and what I learned and had a lot of fun so I decided to stay for a bit and I was good weather as well so that was a plus yeah fair enough sunny sunny skies all the time how would you describe the difference in music scenes with South Africa and London or or the UK for example I absolutely love and I still do love the music scene in South Africa I think there there wasn't enough support there um I would say like just from a funding level commercially so everyone really had to stick together and help each other out and you just work together with a lot of bands and managers to put together a really cool gig that the fans would enjoy without maybe having funding support to do that. We'd all just work together. I think what's been really great is to see there was such amazing talent out in South Africa. And when I first was out there, what, like 14 years ago, it wasn't really 
big on the the global scale and what I've seen in the last five years is a lot of amazing South African artists and genres just really coming through globally and people are starting to take notice of the amazing talent out there so that's what I loved I think the people and the artists out there were just incredible there's there's amazing talent there did you find that there were a good amount of opportunities out there in terms of music you obviously found your way and you found your career there but was that easy to do I think there always needs to be more and I think the industry is growing which is providing more opportunity for people. I was very lucky to study the music business degree which then gave me a bit of learning and understanding to then apply that out there. I think that there should be more of that essentially Hmm. but overall everyone was really nice and I think it's such a growing industry and you're going to be hearing a lot more about it that there'll be a lot more opportunities coming up. That's really exciting to hear. Yeah, I think when we think of the music industry, particularly in in London and in the UK, we do think about it quite in um, concentrated cities. And it's really great to see big labels like EMI expanding to EMI North and Leeds. And then obviously, you know, to further afield in, in areas like, like MENA. There's so much talent there. It's amazing. So much talent, not just across South Africa, but um, loads of African countries like Nigeria is such a hub as well. Ghana. Yeah. yeah, It's really exciting to see not just the talent coming out of there, but the promoters and the events and the different business opportunities. So more of that, please, like always happy to support that and hear more about that. So given that you spent quite a bit of your time in South Africa, what did that teach you about yourself and your career? Um, because you did you have now come back to London um, and we'll move on to you know talking about Dice which is where you are today Um, but I'm sure no doubt that given that you were working abroad for for several years that you would have you would have learned quite a bit about who you are and what you want and where you want to go. I think the biggest learning was resilience I think anyone that works in a different country or moves somewhere for a job like it's very different and you have to adapt to wherever you are I think South Africa it was I had the opportunity to work for the biggest promoter that then got bought out by Live Nation and it was around the time where we just had the World Cup in South Africa so we had access to all these stadiums in Cape Town, Joburg and Durban where we were able to scale ticket sales quite significantly from doing like 200,000 a year to a million based on now having access to venues that were 60,000 capacity and 40,000 capacity and artists really wanted to tour there so that was really exciting. I would say working in an emerging market nothing surprises you anymore. We had to deal with um, a really fluctuating exchange rate that sometimes flipped at the last minute and you had to make sure the ticket prices were adjusted or looked at because the the rand to the dollar could could change I think we promoted Justin Bieber in 2011 and it was eight rand to the dollar and we promoted him again in 2016 and it was 16 rand to the dollar and we couldn't exactly double the ticket price because that wouldn't be fair to the fans so we had to look at ways of of making sure it was still viable for the artist to tour but also the exchange rate would be really volatile as well. Um, So I think it teaches you a lot about resilience and also just how to manage your stress. Anyone working in events, it can be quite a stressful job. 
but you've just got to have a sense of humor and I was very lucky to have such an amazing team that I worked with there yeah definitely I think it's also thinking about it like it's not the end of the world if something goes as it's not meant to go it's just kind of being resilient and like looking at different opportunities and ways that you can overcome challenges 100% speaking about that actually you've been in several leadership positions now how do you tend to tackle those types of circumstances like is there is there a challenge that perhaps is like stuck out at you that you're like particularly proud of overcoming it's a really good question leadership for me because I I did my MBA while in South Africa at Henley in Johannesburg and I wrote my master's dissertation on leadership in the music industry looking at transformational leadership on promoters on a global scale so I spent my lockdown reading about leadership and all the theory and all the things that go with it so technically on paper I'm an expert and then when you apply it to real life it's it's it you it, you get thrown situations that you're like oh like on it says I should do that on paper, but actually in real life, it's something else. I think being a leader anywhere, you've got to have a very clear vision and you've got to have very clear values that you stick to. And that's almost like your ethics around that. Or what makes you a strong leader is, is like just being vulnerable and authentic in yourself. I don't really agree with leaders aren't in touch with the rest of the company. I think leaders should be making sure they're engaging with all levels of employees and and really listening actively to what's going on and then making informed decisions. So I would say leadership for me is very much being like a team player, but having the trust of people to go and make the decisions that you need to make. That is a brilliant answer. Yeah, I think it does really come down to trust because without like without trust, your team isn't going to be able to do what it's it's there to do. You know, you become very controlling and then everyone becomes very paralyzed. Yeah, exactly. I will think of it. You you asked me for a stressful moment and there are many and my mind's gone really blank. <laughs> so- OK, we can come back to it. No, I'm um, I'm jumping around a bit. I was going to jump back to Dice now. So we're like introducing you and who you are at this current moment so for anyone not familiar with dice um can you give us a brief overview of what the company does yeah dice is the ticketing and live event discovery platform on a mission to get people out more it was started phil who's one of the founders that was an artist manager at the time and was trying to get events on sale and realized that there was a lot of things about ticketing that were quite unfair for the fan and um, decided to to start Dice as a kind of like fan-facing app that could get people going to the best live events or gigs or cultural events in their city. It's been going for, yeah, almost, almost 10 years now and we've got an amazing office in London, which I'm speaking in, in Dalston. We've also grown a lot in America. We're in Spain, Italy, France. And I think we're growing very, very quickly. And you'll see us in a lot more markets coming up. I think what I love the most about working at DICE is the people. Everyone is, one, really lovely. And two, has their passions around what gigs and events they like going to. We go out a lot. And I suppose it's part of the job because that's what we do. But it's not just that, like, we're always finding new gigs to go to and new music to discover, which I think 
I'd never had really before and now every day I go into the office and people are like hey have you heard this new artist or like oh like we should all go to this gig so I think the people at DICE really make it what it is and they're all great what a great way to promote the company yes love that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I agree with you I think when you go out quite a bit as a company or as a team you get to know each other in a different capacity than you are when you're in the office and so that does really build the sense of community around you I think community is such an important word there I love the fact that DICE works across a range of different communities and that can be across like different partners in different spaces but I think the underlying premise there is just making sure we're supporting the different communities making them feel safe experiencing joy being in a space to do that and the fact that we're a part of that I think is really really important for us and all of our partners yeah um and speaking of partners so you are currently director of music partnerships um what does that entail? What is a standard day-to-day? What do you do? Tell us. <laughs> it's really funny, actually, because I'm sure other people working in the music industry have, have, have this when they're like, I have to explain to my family what I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm really quite, like, I still go and see my mum. She's like, what do you do again? And she's even tried to, like, write notes on it so that if the neighbour asks her, like, what's your daughter up to? She's like, I can try and explain it. I think going back to when I was at Lipper, my granny was always like, what what degree are you doing again and then we were watching Strictly Come Dancing the one day and she turned to me and she was like so you you would tell those people what to do and I was like yes like <laughs> we'll go with that 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 works with my role at DICE it's looking at new partnerships across the UK and this is like a range of different partners from venues promoters festivals that we want to look at working with that could have their events on the app for fans to discover and I think whenever I go about it it's always about looking at like would like is that exciting like would a fan love that would that be a great experience because there is a discovery element of finding new kind of events to go to and a lot of our I think 43% of our ticket sales come from discovery of people going onto the app Mm. having an amazing time or discovering an artist or um, a venue that they love and then enjoying the experience and coming back and and almost having the, that community in itself of going out more which aligns to our mission my day-to-day is meeting new partners and discovering what their mission is and what their values are and what they want to achieve and then seeing how we can at DICE help them do that for example last week I went to a venue in London I think I can say who but we ha- it's great we had a lovely breakfast and I got to catch up with the MD on you know what they'd been up to what had gone well what were some of their challenges and then we had a lovely walk around the venue and I remember standing there and being like what a cra- I just got to like walk around this amazing venue and have great chats about music like what an amazing job and I think the premise of my job is just meeting people and discovering their challenges in the industry and how we can help them. My role overall is to grow the UK. So uh, we've got a lot of amazing partners in London. We've also got a lot of amazing partners in Manchester. We've launched in Liverpool. We've launched in Dublin. We're in Brighton and Leeds and Bristol, looking at, at where else we can go to as well. But in essence, it's about connecting with with partners and 
finding out what they want to do and helping them achieve that in as I said smaller communities up to like bigger bigger venues up to like 10,000. So that is when you say partners you are predominantly talking about different venues around the UK. Venues, promoters and festivals. Got it. Okay, so anywhere that you might find live music that may need a ticketing partner, Dice is the partner for them to help people discover their events. Yeah. Because it's all about music discovery and discovering places to go. Absolutely, but not just live. Um, It's also across a range of genres. We've got nightlife as well, and we've got comedy, arts and culture. I think sometimes my title is music partnerships but it's more content as well mm. it's it's about you know many different genres and styles and discovering partners across those different facets as well not just music nice so you're t- yeah you're essentially tapping into culture as a whole and bringing entertainment to people and bringing talent to people who they may have not heard of but they have a local venue that, that they found on dice and they can just they can go what's really great is when you go onto the app you can um click on the event and you can play a bit of the artist that's performing you can invite friends to go with because it goes into your contacts and then um, you can also like share tickets as well so it's it makes it super social I think one of the things we found is like, why aren't people going to more gigs? We're, we're on a mission to get people out more. Why? Aren't, what could stop people going for gigs? And some of the answers we got was like, I, I don't know who to go with. So we've developed a ton of social features that help you discover the artist or the event and then also invite your friends so you can go together. What about ticket prices? Just to go on a little bit with tangent, <laughs> because I, one thing that comes to mind when you say get people out more is like, it's the price of going out. We, we always uh, keep things very fair for the fan and the ticket prices up front. Nice. Okay. That's, that's good to hear. Cool. So in terms of different teams that you might be working with, you're obviously working quite a lot externally with partners. Um, are there any other like internal teams that you are working with on a regular basis? Yeah, a whole range. And I mean, going back to how much I love who I work with at DICE, I think that goes back to the team. We've got the account managers who work with partners that um, assign to DICE and, and helping them achieve what they need to. We've got the artist development team that work with different artists and um, managers and labels, which is really exciting. We have the field ops team so that we'll be on the ground for some of the bigger events, making sure scanning's going well. We've got our ops team have I missed anyone out? I think that's everyone. And a range of different internal team members that are all brilliant. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, that's great. I always ask that question because... It helps with kind of thinking about if you start working in one area, it doesn't have to be the area that you end up in at the like the mid time in your career and like the latter end as well. So I think it's really important and useful to understand, you know, where you sit and who you speak to and kind of the array of skills and experience and crossover that happens within a company. Yeah, I think going back to that and anyone looking to to get into a partnerships role or any any kind of like social role. I kind of fell into live, as you say, and then worked in marketing for a lot. But then partnerships were such a big part of that, that then that became the new role. I think as long as you have a love for what you do and, you know, whether that's being like really up to date with all the music trends um, I think you can move around and do different things and make that your own. I think it's more about like the person and the authenticity rather than just like being stuck in a role. And I think the music industry lends itself to that. Like most people I, I talk to have been and done many things. Promoters usually stick to being promoters, that being said, but like everyone else usually moves on into different roles depending on the skills. Are there any specific skills that you think are particularly good to have in a partnerships role? I think it it helps to be social. It helps be curious and, and love being around, like getting to know people, because I think that's part of it. That being said, it, it's not like if you don't have that, you can't be in partnerships, because I think like, process and active listening are just as important as being social I think overall it's about being authentic love it be yourself be yourself yeah (laughs) (laughs) are there any artists that you're excited about at the moment yeah I I love this question because that like we were actually talking about in the office today because saying we all share music Personally, I'm excited for Bax, which I saw last year at The Great Escape and then performed at the Dice Live Awards. 
really, really cool. Uh, Ray Laral, The Beth, Cakes to Killer. And then we were also looking at, we're going to The Great Escape this year, looking at, I think by the time this says it would have happened, but um, we're looking forward to seeing Grove, Artemis, uh, Deja Vu's, and then just leaning back to South Africa, one of my favorite upcoming artists at the moment is Bonge, she's signed to Universal Africa, really exciting, so go check her out. Yeah, no, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I will see you at The Great Escape, so perhaps we can link up there. That'll be awesome. So just moving on to more the um, equality and inclusion side of things, which actually does very much link into DICE. So DICE is a very strong diversity, equity and inclusion ethos. It's very clearly detailed on their website. I haven't seen many companies at all who go into so much detail and share statistics of the um, diversity in their company, which is a real credit to how seriously DICE takes it. Um, can you share any more, you know, having, you know, working there, uh, any more about internal initiatives that are going on or perhaps actionable change that you can really see from this very strong ethos that is there across the organisation? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm so glad you said that, by the way, because there's an amazing DEI team that work at DICE, led by Salma, who is also a venue owner. So <laughs> no, I don't know when she sleeps because she's so busy every day and then runs a venue. Um, Salma manages a team of five that, that set across the whole initiatives that you've seen on the website. And um, it's part of what she calls the global belonging belonging program to keep everyone connected and feeling like they belong at DICE um, and they her premise is like that starts from the top we have leaders who learn sessions where DICE leaders share with the company what they've learned about diversity equity and inclusion exploring the ways our leaders have practically engaged with DEI topics and more importantly what they've learned from the exploration we also encourage employees we have different employee resource groups so I am co-chair of the women and femme employee resource group and we've had a busy three months we took almost March as International Women's Day as like the whole month and we did a ton of, of different things each Tuesday we have an all-hand session with the whole company and the first one we made sure it was women and fen run from different departments so um, we took over that we then did a talk on imposter syndrome because that came up as a key topic for a lot of women in the music industry, just sometimes feeling like they can't apply for that job or they they feel sometimes a bit of an imposter syndrome. So we just had an internal talk of like where that comes from, how people feel about it and how we can all come together to make sure people don't feel like they have imposter syndrome. And that was run by Izzy, who's um, the lead of the Women and Femme Committee. And then we ended it with a external talk on equity in not just the music industry, but in tech as well. And also like cultural side of the industry. We had internal speakers, Pri is our VP of product, who spoke a lot from the tech side. We had Hannah who runs a comedy agency. So it was just a mix of different uh, women slash femmes in the industry talking about how they see equity. We also have um, diverse ECGs. We have BIPOC, Pride, Neurodivergent um, and parents who encourage a culture of fairness and contribute to the betterment of progression for everyone at DICE. So that's what we've been doing internally. And it's 
it's just lovely to see and I feel like the work's never done it's just like working towards like making everything better absolutely building and building and building and really contributing to everybody in the business 100% I'm curious to know with the imposter syndrome topic what were some of the tips or areas of conversation that came out of that because it's very very common um as you said particularly across women and you know I think many women I'm sure have all been in calls when it's like you and five guys some women fine but it, it takes confidence and it takes perhaps growth and time to to get that confidence so that is an area which I'm curious what was discussed I think I think just zooming out the the industry as such is there is an old boys club in the music industry I think that's just it's still very clear and I think I, I must admit like working at Dice like it, it's been amazing to to see like every everyone just is very good at like listening and not interacting and hearing everyone's views and it's been really refreshing I think the imposter syndrome you know women join men join it was it was like a, a full chat but centered on that I think the, the good thing was just hearing like everyone kind of felt it it's like oh I'm not alone in sometimes feeling like that I recently spoke at a nighttime economy conference with she said so and it was it was around building communities in the music industry and we're all sitting backstage with like five incredible like pretty powerful women and then someone was like oh I feel nervous and then another one and was like yeah I've got like imposter syndrome and then we all just burst out laughing and I was like it was just funny that that actually we were saying that even though I'm like you're all amazing like what are you talking about I think with those kind of topics the more you share and the more you chat about it you feel less alone because a lot of amazing women that I work with shouldn't feel like that and it's sad that they do but the more it can you can just talk about it and feel a bit better about it I think it's the first step yeah, definitely. Sharing about it and knowing that you're not the only person who feels it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there any other areas of diversity and inclusion that you have been working on inside and outside of DICE? I know that you were a big part of one of your previous employers' diversity and inclusion initiatives, and it is definitely an area of passion and focus for you. Yeah, in my previous job when I worked in South Africa, ran a employee resource group called We Nation. And it was a really interesting time because we were a small company, essentially. And there was a, probably a, like eight women that were part of this group that I ran. But I think the key learning from that was around that time, there was a movement that happened in South Africa called Am I Next? And just a trigger warning, it was for anyone listening, it was around gender-based violence and the fact that that just like erupted around the time that that we were kind of working with the resource group essentially a woman um went to the post office and didn't come back in the middle of the day and it questioned a lot of women in south africa to question like where am i safe because you know i can't even go to the post office in the middle of the day and it and it erupted this movement am i next go read about it i won't go too much into it but we all marched to parliament with our boards um, asking the president to to like look at the laws there and, and how like it was almost a pandemic in itself, how that could be stopped. And I think like the biggest thing um, 
and what I learned the most was just it was really crazy like you think you want to do all these things to empower women but actually we were tasked with just keeping women safe and making them feel safe um which it was really palpable for a while while that was happening of like the the amount of spaces that women didn't feel safe in yeah something very different to what you might be just that we might be discussing over here in the UK given the the difference in cultures yeah they're obviously different countries different laws different everything yeah I I think it's everywhere I think like you know everyone has the right to feel safe in any space and like when you don't you understand what that's like and then you'll always fight to make sure like people do feel safe in spaces absolutely yeah just moving on to um your MBA and um speaking more about leadership your MBA you mentioned you did um during lockdown and also definitely want to mention that you've been recognized as a leader by various different organizations as well top 10 future leaders in the global live music industry what was it that brought you to doing an MBA and have you noticed that having now done that and have that qualification that it's opened you up to other opportunities that perhaps were not previously available Firstly, I absolutely love doing my MBA. I think I just generally love learning. And I was very lucky that I had the opportunity to get my MBA through work and, and apply it back. So, um, yeah, very, very lucky I got to do that in Johannesburg. The reason for doing it was I was in a marketing role, um, senior marketing and partnerships manager. And I felt there was often things coming up that affected my role or what I was doing that was more business related. That I wanted more of an understanding, like why was the exchange rate affecting like the bottom line so much when we were cost saving across tours? Like why was what, what were the effects of that? Like, um, you know, looking at processes and the way I was doing my job or like reputation. It, it all it felt like there was something more to to learn and then someone was like you should really look at doing an MBA and I think also as any woman in business sometimes you don't want to get pigeonholed into one role and going back to like doing different roles I think it, it gave me the opportunity to not just sit in marketing but to get a qualification that could allow me to sit in other areas of um, business um, I did it part-time, two and a half years. Anyone who does an MBA full-time just hats off to you because that's mad. I like did it in two and a half years and I was still like it was stressful, but like really, really fun. And I think it just helps you develop like understanding of other areas of the business. We had great modules on like finance and economics, um, reputation, international business, uh, leadership and I think it gives you the time to assess it within what you're doing in your own sector or your own space, but also get to meet people from different sectors. I remember chatting to George, who worked in government and something to do with transport. And he's going to be like, Sophie, you can't, can't. It was something very, like, very <laughs> what I do. And um, we were talking about the culture of the industry. And I was saying like, you know, there is the music industry culture that if I maybe went to a gig the night before and rocked up the next day to the office, like wearing sunglasses and talking about this great night I had, like that wouldn't really be judged. Everyone would be like, oh, cool. Whereas like he worked in this very like strict 
environment or banking where like that would be very much frowned on and we were just laughing about how different but it was so fascinating hearing other people's experiences in different sectors of business so anyone who's thinking about doing the MBA I would recommend it if you're wanting to use it to grow that being said I don't you know it, it's not the be all and end all that like you can still learn regardless of having an MBA but I definitely think it was the right step for my career at least. Yeah no it's, it sounds like it given that it gives you a good broad understanding of like the foundations and the economics of a business as a leader you do have to consider every decision and what that means to the wider business and whether it's a priority for the business what it means for the bottom line um which is very different when you first come in um, at a junior level and you're very much focused on your day-to-day and just understanding what you need to do with your day-to-day um and also yeah usually when you're a leader you will be making those financial decisions um so again no I can I can see the value of doing the MBA um how is it how has it kind of contributed to your role now I think anyone that does an MBA you you can just apply it to to having like more business knowledge of what you're doing my role is partnerships but it's also about growth in my role in South Africa and my role here is like I've just found myself at companies that have you know are in a really exciting spot like South Africa was such an exciting spot for like a growth in the touring circuit when when it happened after 2010 and DICE is in such an exciting spot of like you know just having this amazing app and um just like this global growth that that everyone's loving so I think having my MBA just has allowed me to like look at you know my role and like the new business and the growth of the company within the UK but apply a lot of business acumen that I learned as part of my MBA. Yeah you mentioned before that you love learning for anybody who may be you know coming up in their career what is the drive behind your love for learning um, and also just general development and proactivity to upskill yourself and the value that there's a lot of questions in one sorry I'm thinking like value and skill and all of this but like that where I'm coming from is there's definite value in proactively upskilling yourself and leadership is something that might not be something that you can like write on paper, but is something that you really sculpt yourself and you grow into alongside upskilling yourself and your knowledge and everything else. So what is the drive behind your love for learning? I'm just, I love learning because maybe I'm a bit of a nerd and that's just something I like to do. But I think in anyone's anyone's role, I think being able to understand like any new skills you could bring in to benefit you is like really important. But going back to like leadership and this goes for anyone in a leadership position or anyone that's in a job at any level, I think mentorship is really important because it allows the learning from both ways. Like I feel if you're the mentee, I always get this wrong. wrong. If you're the mentee, you are going to learn stuff stuff from someone in the industry that has like more experience but equally like it's great for the leader to learn from like the new generation coming up in the business of like what they think because often there's some great ideas there so like I think anyone who have a mentor or 
look to being a mentor if you're in a leadership position. I think that's like really important for any kind of skills development. And then I think just generally, you know, maybe it's a short course. When I was in marketing, things changed all the time, making sure I was up to date with like my Google certifications or like what was going on on like social media. Because like if I if I didn't know that, that was going to be of detriment to like how I sold tickets. And then with any role, I think you've got to look at like excitingly what's there in tech and what is online to help you learn, to help you bring the best to you what you do in your job I suppose. Brilliant yeah that brings us quite nicely to come to our closing questions which we ask all of our guests. What is your go-to record Sophie? This is like every time I ask it it's the hardest question but I always love hearing the answers because everybody has such a different array of music taste. That's true I'm gonna I'm gonna actually like split it and be like I collect vinyl and my vinyl collection is a work of art. It's beautiful. It's split post genres. And, you know, if I'm getting home, what is my go-to record that I would like put on, have a glass of wine, make dinner, like, but then at the same time, my my Spotify playlist is really embarrassing because like, I'm running and I listen to like really cheesy music that I wouldn't tell anyone about. And it's just like, there's a go you know my go-to record there um so I'm gonna go with vinyl because that's probably more classy (laughs) love it my go-to record is probably Otis Redding yes any particular Otis Redding record I've got a mixture I think I just go there's a live album that I often go to can't remember what it's called or just like greatest hits because it's just really soulful and lovely nice and for anyone listening, this is an actionable tip for anyone listening who is looking to pursue a career in partnerships or live music more generally, what is one piece of advice that you would give them? I would say start networking. I think that that is the premise of like most partnerships and not not necessarily like who you know. It's more like the more you network, the more you learn and the more someone might think of you for a role or something coming up that, um, you know, has met you before and knows what you do. And I think going back to what I said originally, just be your authentic self. Because that's that's who you're going to work with or you're going to find people that you connect with that will want to work with you. What a great way to end. Thank you so much, Sophie. I've learned so much from you. I've really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Please let us know your thoughts, feedback and what you have learned from this episode by sending us a DM on our Instagram at mellowcompassuk or sending us an email on hello at mellowcompass.uk. We'll be back in two weeks with our next episode. Thank you again so much for listening. Please rate, subscribe and share this episode with a friend. This episode is produced by the wonderful Rosie Bennett. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.